welcome aboard. Join me on the other side of the sea. All your questions will find answers beyond the deep. You stare one more time at the cryptic note that sits on your table alongside a brand new set of first-class tickets offering passage aboard the SS Constellation, a luxury ocean liner sailing from Boston to London in a few days' time. The unmarked envelope had arrived just yesterday, promising a welcome solution to a vexing affair. In the past few weeks, several collections of esoteric artefacts in Arkham have been ransacked, culminating in the murder of an employee of the Miskatonic Historical Society. Your contacts have informed you that similar burglaries have taken place in Boston, Innsmouth and New York. Strangely, nothing has been reported missing as yet, except for a few records and books. What could these people be looking for? You have a growing fear that it is something dastardly indeed. With leads running dry, hopping aboard an ocean liner in response to a note from an unknown sender seems only one step above a wild goose chase, but it's the best chance you may get. With that in mind, you grab the tickets and head out the door. Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. This is a little bit of a special between-series break. I've yet to begin on the Dream Eaters, and i like to take this opportunity to just show off something else and do something different. So I'm very pleased to say I am playing a scenario that is fan-made. It came out last year. It was made by pretty much the worst podcast in the world, and the scenario is called Constellation on the Consternation. I'm going to say that wrong repeatedly in the hope that I wind up at least one of the hosts of that podcast. Our chaos bag in standalone is pretty strange. Well, not not too strange, but it's it's a it's big, definitely. We've got a plus one, triple zero, triple minus one, so I like those numbers, then two minus twos, a minus three, two minus fours, a minus five, a minus six, triple skull, autofail, and elder sign. So four up, we get rid of the five and the six and the auto fail. Uh, five up, we get rid of one token. Six up, we get rid of one token. So diminishing returns if you want to go higher than four up. The gap between going two up to three up is only one token as well. So it's kind of interesting. But it also says, in addition, set aside the following tokens, two cultists, a tablet, and an elder thing. So for the duration of this scenario, because this scenario was designed by the Mythos Busters, curse their name forever, I'm actually going to try and refer to all of the special symbol tokens as different names, just as a sort of treat for them. So Skulls are going to be known as Sean's. Sean talks the most most on the Mythos Busters, and the more he talks, the more sort of dangerous the skull becomes. So that's going to be Sean's. Cultists, that's an Ian. You never quite know what he's up to. He's always a bit kind of fishy, up to dark things. So that's him. Tablets, that's a Nick. If you've ever heard the Mythos Busters, and why would you? You know, I'm sorry if you've had to listen to that. You'll know that sometimes Nick performs these kind of dark incantations and you can hear the crumbling of stone on his microphone. It's when he's destroying his keyboard. So yeah, tablets will be Nick's. The broken tablet is his broken keyboard. And then finally, Elder Things. I mean, we've got to call them Scott. If there's one Mythos Busters host that's going to terrify you, it's Scott. So, you know, that makes sense. So we've got three Sean's in the bag. No Ian's, no Nick's, and no Scott's. I'm already finding it hard to remember the system I've made up, but there we go. 
I've actually recorded playing this scenario once before, back in December, I'd say. And for those of you that's listened to the most recent episode about failure, you'll have heard me mentioning not putting out recordings. So I recorded a, about four hours of live play material, and one of the things I did in that was recording playing this scenario blind on stream. And one of the challenges of playing a scenario blind is that you might make mistakes. Unfortunately, the mistake I made was about, I'd gone about eight turns without realizing it, and it had basically meant I'd cheated. I mean, cheated is obviously a strong word. I'd, I'd given myself such an easy ride. I'd, I'd not played one of the mechanics of the scenario. So I just couldn't bring myself to share it. That was a fin deck. However, I've not told you who I'm playing yet either. So, hmm, how should we do this? The plan is I'm going to play it twice. And I brought, I prepared two different decks. This is basically blind. I can't really remember much about the scenario from when I played it. And I've not played it since. So it's sort of a halfway blind. It's like a first and a half look. So yeah, I've done the setup, I think. At the moment in play, there are only two locations. There's a little pile of creative goods. There's three of them. And one of them is the Tablet of Dagon. And there's a big stack of set-aside cards, a load of locations, and quite a small encounter deck. Let's read our act and agenda, look at our chaos bag tokens, because we've actually not looked at those, and then I'll talk about our first investigator and what we're dealing with. Agenda 1A. Captured. You were awoken from your slumber by screams in the night, only to find that the ship had been taken by hooded figures. You now find yourself trapped in a dank corner of the cargo room, guarded by a member of the cult. This particular brute stands nearly six and a half feet tall and watches you with wary eyes. For setup, I had to put the cargo room and open water into play, and each investigator begins in the cargo room, set each other location aside out of play, and then if there are more if there's exactly one player, no changes made to the encounter deck. And then the continued setup, we create a pile of three crate of goods assets with Tablet of Dagon and two other at random. There were five to choose from, so there's two set aside that I don't have anything to do with, and I don't know what the other two are. We set Luther Marsh, each card from the Deep Ones and Sinking Ship encounter sets aside. We search the gathered encounter sets for one copy of Order Enforcer and spawn it at the cargo room, so that's with us, and then we make our encounter deck. Now, the reason I thought I'd pause and tell you that is that on Agenda 1A, it's a two-doom threshold, but it says each copy of Order Enforcer gains plus one per investigator health, so it's got an extra one health, and gains aloof and elite. So if I had plans to waylay it or something like that, that's out the window. It also reads, investigators cannot play or put into play item assets, including item weaknesses, or leave cargo room. That is kind of nuts. So we're stuck there with an aloof elite Order Enforcer. The Order Enforcer is a 3-2-3, so now he's a 3-3-3. Preys on the most clues, it's humanoid and cultist, and this one has elite. It's hunter and retaliate traded, and there's a reaction. When Order Enforcer attacks you, discard a non-story item asset you control to reduce the damage by one. Flavor text, even cults need muscle. This is just some nasty cult guy. If he hits you, you can throw away items to reduce the damage. He hits for two damage, which is kind of, kind of mean. We're in the cargo room. The large room contains stacks of boxes, crates, and assorted luggage. 
There's also an access door that leads outside to the surging waters, and to our left is open water. Trying to stay afloat in the cold ocean waters would be bad enough. Sharing those waters with hungry predators is even worse. That's the only locations in play. Act 1A. Think fast! You need to find a way out of this predicament before the cultists decide upon a more permanent solution for you. Order Enforcer gains action parlay. Test Intellect 3 to trick the big lug. If you succeed, an investigator at your location may place one of his or her clues on him. If there's one clue on Order Enforcer, discard him. Objective, if there are no enemies in play, advance. So I can't put item assets into play because of the agenda. If I can get a clue and then pass an Intellect 3, I can parlay the Order Enforcer. And it's probably at this point I should tell you that my first deck is a Calvin deck. It's a Calvin Wright deck. I've played him on Think On Your Feet before, but I wanted to give him another whirl just because I've been having a lot of fun with the new Survivor skill suite and with uh, Calvin and Friends, as I've been thinking of it, so Jessica and Peter. And I'm a little nervous, I'll tell you that, because this deck is really at its best when it starts with at least a couple of trauma. I could engage the Order Enforcer and start getting hit by things, but, I mean, potentially the Order Enforcer wipes us out in a turn if we're not careful. Hit once, we're up to two damage. Hit twice, we're up to four damage. Hit again, we're dead. So yeah, that's kind of scary. The other thing about this Calvin deck is because I've lent into the skill suite and into Jessica and Peter, there are some cards I might normally run that I'm not running. So for instance, there's no Lucky in this deck. There's no Look What I Found. And I mean, I have played this deck a fair amount and I found it to be good. But yeah, they're, they're notable exclusions. They're notable absences. Okay, opening hand. Ward of Protection, Live and Learn, Voice of the Messenger, Sharp Vision, Peter Sylvester, and Rabbit's Foot. Well, we can't play item assets, so maybe we mulligan Rabbit's Foot. Sharp Vision for clues is going to be useful. Live and Learn, I think, is going to be vital. Peter is really useful, generally, just to play. Do we just chuck the Ward of Protection as well as the Rabbit's Foot? We're only redrawing two. We do have five of pentacles in this deck, so hitting that is very useful. Although a tarot, are they item tarot or just tarot? I think they're just tarot. Do we redraw two? We keep the sharp vision to try for clues. We keep the live and learn to maybe help with that parlay or to try for clues. We keep the Peter. I like ward of protection to get our horror up. I think we chuck it though to draw for more things. Until the end of time, not an item, that's nice. And perseverance or Perseverance. That's also nice, although probably not necessary early on. It's just there as a kind of, you know, you messed up and went too far. Let's take a look at what's in the cargo room. So we need to get a clue and parlay the Order Enforcer, or just kill the Order Enforcer. It's three shroud and one clue. It's got action test intellect zero. Search the top X cards of your deck for an item asset and add it to your hand, where X is the amount you succeed by, Shuffle your deck. Limit once per turn. It won't hurt anyone to search through these boxes, will it? Okay, I see what they're doing there. I think we play until the end of time, play Peter. And then the question is, do we investigate with sharp vision, which would make us a three on three? We could potentially live and learn. Or we could even investigate zero on three, fail, play live and learn and sharp vision and be a five on three. Kind of good. If we're not going to do that this turn... We would play Peter, play him till the end of time, and 
draw a card. And if we're going to draw a card, we draw a card first. Hmm. So the next turn would be clue and dealing with the order enforcer. So yeah, let's do that. First action draw. It's Jessica Hyde. Hmm. <laughs> so second action play Peter for three. I think we still go with Peter over Jessica. Although Jessica takes longer to heal up and this guy deals damage. Hmm. Let's play Jessica. My thinking is this. Jessica takes a little while longer because she comes into play with two damage on her that needs to heal. And we actually want to take some horror to get our intellect up to get clues. So having Peter down not being used for his soak doesn't seem that useful early on. Then the question is, do we play until the end of time? Or do we hold off because then we'll need the resources for Peter? I think last action we take a resource. It's not speedy, but then it means we'll have four resources for next turn for playing Peter and until the end of time if we want to. Or next turn, you can tell I've not played Calvin for a little while as I rethink things. Because the other thing is next turn we could, we're not going to play both until the end of time and Peter. So I am actually going to play until the end of time. I'll talk that through. I was on two resources. I could go down to one and play until the end of time. And then I'd only have two resources next turn, but I couldn't play Peter. But my thinking was next turn I want to try and get a clue and pass a parlay. So my last action would be to play Peter or until the end of time. So I may as well not do that and have a spare action and hope to play Peter in a turn's time. Is that mad? Probably. Upkeep. I draw a second copy of Peter Sylvester. I go to two resources. We place our first Doom and our first encounter. I mean, I don't know any of these encounter cards either. It's Sea Singer. Four fight, two health, two evade. Humanoid and cultist, aloof, seal the plus one or the elder sign. Ugh. While Sea Singer has a sealed token, that token is treated as if it were Doom for the purpose of checking the Doom threshold. A strange chanting like the crashing of waves emerges from the hood figure. One for damage and two horror. So it's aloof here as well. I mean, that's something we're going to have to kill. There is one plus one in the bag. I think we put the plus one rather than the elder sign. Oops, I just put the elder sign. That's silly. That's the plus one. The good news is it's aloof. So we've got the order enforcer and the sea singer right here. The bad news is we definitely want to kill that. The other good news is we're already on one of two dooms, so that's not going to cost us. But yeah, Jessica has healed the damage. I forgot to do that. So we could engage the Sea Singer, investigate, taking a damage and two horror. That would bring our stats, our intellect up to two. It's still going to be really hard to do the parlay with the Order Enforcer which means probably bad things are happening now. So the alternative, if we're not going to get this clue, where's my head at? My head at is thinking that it's going to be hard to get the clue. We're a zero against three testing to get the clue, and then we'd be a zero against three to do the parlay. If we were to take a hit from the Sea Singer, we'd be a two against three getting the clue. We could chuck in sharp vision and be a five against three, and then we'd be a two against three parlaying, which we could redraw into four against three with live and learn. It's a lot that needs to go in our way in our favor for that. And we would take, we'd only take a damage and two horror from 
the see sooner for the investigate because parlays don't trigger a tax opportunity. We could draw a card. No, we'd have to engage, investigate, hit the order enforcer. We'd take two hits. Next turn, we'd be looking to get away from the sea singer. And at that point, we would be agility two on two. Not great, is it? We'd be combat three on two. Ugh, it's four fight. Got to tell you, the sea singer seems pretty mean. Calvin likes big plays. Let's do this anyway. Like the alternative is drawing cards. Or, yeah, I can move to open water. Don't know if I want to. I forgot to read the reference sheet. On easy and standard, skulls are minus two or minus four if your location is exhausted. If your location is exhausted, a bit odd. And then we've not got any cultists, tablets or elder things. Or Ian's, Nick's or Scott's. So just Sean's, three Sean's, twos or minus fours. Alternative is take a resource, play Peter Sylvester, engage the sea singer. And the ceasing would hit us and our stats would go up a bit. And then we'd advance and see what happens. And the whole thing about not planning to play Peter this turn goes out the window. I like the ballsy play. Let's give it a go. We'll engage the ceasinger. Second action, we'll investigate. So we take an attack of opportunity. We take two horror and one damage, which means our stats are now 2-2-1-1. Two, two, one, one. So we're a two-on-three investigating. And I'll commit sharp vision. This is a basic investigate, so it gives me plus three, so I'm a five on three. It's a minus one, so that's a four on three. If I'd succeeded by two or more, I'd have got two clues, but there's only one here, so I get the one clue. Last action, let's try this parlay. I'm a two on three parlaying. It's a zero. That's a fail. And I'll play, live and learn. So now I'm a four on three. Please don't do this to me, chaos bag, of giving me the pass token first and now giving me a horrible big negative. Four on three, minus two, fail. <laughs> okay. Enemy phase. The sea singer hits us again. I think we just go for it and go up to four horror and two damage. We've got overflow for damage on Jessica, and we've got overflow for horrid horror on until the end of time, but we don't need to worry about that. And at the end of my turn, sorry, Jessica's healed up to full as well. So Jessica heals, then we get hit. So we're now 4-4-2-2 in our stats. Upkeep, we draw a test of will and go up to three resources. And we hit two doom, three with the plus one on the sea singer. Let's advance. Swim with the sharks. The door opens and another robe figure walks in. How many robe figures are going to be? Sorry. The door opens and another robed figure walks in. For a few moments, he whispers in the ear of the guard, then leaves. A wide smile crosses the hulking cultist's face as he advances towards you. It appears a decision regarding your fate has been made. Tam, cursed Calvin. An exit door in the wall nearby is opened, and one at a time, you are slung over the shop shoulder of the guard and unceremoniously tossed into the roiling ocean. I love that. One at a time, so there's multiple investigators, but there's only me, Calvin. But of course, I'm here with Jessica and Peter, so one at a time. Move each investigator to open water. Put each set-aside location except lifeboat into play. Attach a random copy of Crate of Goods to deck lounge, passenger cabins, and sun deck. It's actually deck lounge and theatre. 
passenger cabins and sun deck. Advance the act deck to act 2A. Okay, so a few things we've got to do there. Let's reveal open water. It's six shroud and no clues. Forced, when you would move to a connecting location, test agility 2 or combat 2. You may spend any number of additional actions, reduce the difficulty of this test by one for each additional action spent. If you fail, cancel the move. So you can do a triple move and it will be difficulty zero, a triple action to move, or you could do a single action, it's difficulty two, and forced at the end of your turn, if you're in open water, you must either take two damage or discard a non-story item asset you control. So your goods floats away as you're there. That's interesting. So Calvin kind of doesn't mind that. As he's starting to drown, he gets stronger and stronger and he's able to swim better. But we probably don't want to spend all of our turn there. Right, let's put all the locations except lifeboat into play. Cargo rooms trait is deck one. And I have looked at these briefly. So there are two more deck one cards. There's boiler room and engine room. So the cargo room connects across to the engine room and that connects to the boiler room in a horizontal line. And the boiler room only connects to the engine room, interestingly. For deck two, we've got the galley, which does connect to the engine room. And interestingly, open water connects both to the cargo room and to the galley. So you can climb out from the water up onto the second deck. The galley also connects to the dining room, which also connects to the passenger cabins, which also connects to the library. So we've got a row of four there. And I'm just checking the dining room. It connects back to the galley. It connects across to the passenger cabins and it connects to one other place. And that is the deck lounge and theatre on deck three, which also connects to the bridge up top and middle and the sun deck, which connects back round to the library. So bottom row, left to right, open water, cargo room, engine room, boiler room, middle row, galley, dining room, passenger cabins, library, and top row, deck lounge, theatre, bridge, sun deck and so you can get down from the deck three either from the deck lounge theatre or the sun deck but you can't from the bridge that just connects to the two and there's a similar thing going on in the middle row the passenger cabins only connect to the dining room and the library and they're the ways up intriguing now cargo room has orange heart symbol which isn't yet in play and there's one location still aside the lifeboat there we go so that's coming up later we also need to advance the act to act 2a, but let's read agenda 2a first. There is another agenda after this. Search the ship. The cultists rush through the ship in a frenzy, ransacking everything in sight. Clearly they're searching for something, and whatever it is must be extremely valuable to them. At the end of the enemy phase, place one doom on each crate of goods for each ready cultist enemy at its location. Remove all doom from a crate of goods when it is flipped. And it's 12 doom. That reminds me, I need to put our three creative goods into play. One is at deck lounge and theatre, that's left-hand side of the third row. One is at passenger cabins, that's in the middle of the second row. And one is at sun deck, that's right-hand side of third row. So they're a long way from me. So let's remind ourselves of that. At the end of the enemy phase, a doom on each crate of goods for each ready cultist at its location. And each crate of goods has an action on it. Test intellect or agility three to sift through the contents of the crate. If you succeed, an investigator at your location may place one of his or her clues on crate of goods. Then, if there's one clue on crate of goods, flip it over and draw it. The nondescript crate is stamped with the name Le Grasse. Okay, interesting. So we need a clue, and then we pass an intellect or agility three, and we get to flip the crate. One of the crates is the Tablet of Dagon, 
don't know what it does, but I know I have to include it. And the other two, I don't know what they are. Act 2A, find it first. It says advanced to Act 2A, which makes me think I skip Act 1B. From eavesdropping on the cultists, you hear one name repeated over and over, Le Grasse. The cultists seem to be searching for a certain item that a person named Le Grasse is transporting. You must search through the cargo marked with his name to find it first. Objective, when you take control of the Tablet of Dagon, advance. Okay, well this was a long turnaround just because of all of the change at the end. It feels like that act and agenda one is almost like a prologue to the scenario itself. We've now got all of these locations in play, the crate of goods. Ah, the order enforcer has lost elite, it's lost aloof, and it's lost the health now. It's just two health, but it does hunt. And our encounter card on this turn three is Clap of Thunder. Revelation test willpower three. If you fail, you must choose willpower, combat, intellect, or agility. Discard each card with at least one matching skill icon from your hand. My hand is Perseverance, Peter Sylvester, Peter Sylvester, and Test of Will. So I could... <laughs> they're, they're all willpower icons, I hasten to add. So I could take the test. If I fail, choose combat, intellect, or agility, and discard nothing from my hand. Okay, so I'm... Four, because I've got four horror on three. That's a minus four. I fail and I'll choose combat and discard nothing. I think I'm playing that right. It's that question of must. And do I have to choose something that changes the game state? Hmm, tricky one. It makes me think of, um, is it terror from beyond? Where if you fail, you have to choose event, asset, or skill, and discard each card that if, of that type from your hand. And you're allowed to choose skill even if you have no skills in hand. Yeah, I'm going to rule that I can do that. Grim rule, it's not even grim rule, it's just Frank's rule. Okay, back to us. We have the Sea Singer engaged with us. Kind of nasty. We have the Order Enforcer about to hunt and hit us. Also nasty. We don't care too much about either of them, though. We have that one clue that we never managed to put on the Order Enforcer to get away. So potentially we just need to head up to the galley and head to this first crate of goods. It's also worth remembering that the Sea Singer is giving us now a basically a plus one doom for this plus one sealed on it. I don't have anything in hand that I can use to kill the Sea Singer. I'm wondering about if I just play Peter, taking another attack of opportunity, and that would get me up to agility four. I could then evade Sea Singer, second action, and then try and leave the open water, testing Agility 4, to get up to the galley, and I'd avoid the hit from the Order Enforcer. Let's give it a go. We play Peter. I do have Charisma, 3 XP sent on it. I get hit, 4, 2 horror and a damage. I'll put 1 horror on me and 1 horror on until the end of time, and I'll take the damage as well. So I'm now on 5 horror and three damage. Now hoping that I can put all the other horror on Peter. Second action evade. Four on two. Zero evaded. Last action, try to move from open water to the galley. Four on two again. Skull, that's a Sean. It's a minus two. My location isn't exhausted. So I make it to the galley. 
galley is the area where food is prepared for everyone on the constellation. You can hear muffled screams and shouting coming from somewhere inside. Please don't spawn an enemy. It's three shroud and a clue. If there are no clues on the galley, test combat three or agility three. If you succeed, you have freed crew members from the refrigerators. Seal minus four. Add an Ian token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the scenario. Ian's are minus two if you succeed either deal a damage to a cultist enemy or remove a doom from a cultist enemy. Wow, we'd get rid of a minus four, there are two minus fours in the bag, and we get a minus two? That seems amazing. And that is the end of my turn, I believe. Play Peter, evade, move. So the order enforcer, its route to hunt to me, the quickest route, it could go to the engine room and up to the galley, or it could go into open water and across to the galley. So I'll put them in open water. The sea singer readies. Upkeep, I draw meat cleaver, and I go to one resource. You'll notice I'm pretty broke. I've played three cost Jessica, three cost Peter, and until the end of time. This deck is quite skill heavy. If you look at the list, it's it's pretty balanced deck in terms of what it has. And I often find early in scenarios, managing resources is really important. And then late in scenarios, it's swimming in cash. So it might be that I have to rely on my agility for a while longer, evading. And then once I'm set up, I kind of become unstoppable. So yeah, fingers crossed. So we go to a Doom, we're now on 2 of 12 because of the Sea Singer. And our encounter card is Cultist of the Deep. 3 fight, 3 health, 3 evade, humanoid and cultist. Spawn at the nearest location with an attached crate of goods. Ah, yes, at the end of the enemy phase, place one Doom on each crate of goods for each ready cultist enemy at its location. That didn't matter last turn. Any empty deck location instead if there are no crate of goods in play. So, there's three. While Cultist of the Deep is at a location, treat that location as exhausted for all encounter card effects. Dark blue robes mark these servants of some unnamed entity of the deep. Ugh, okay. 333 is pretty nasty. With a meat cleaver, we can more or less finish them off, but it'll still be touch and go. I'm a little bit nervous that maybe I've gone too high on the horror. It'd be good to get a five of pentacles. So where do we spawn this cultist? Across in the passenger cabins, perhaps? We can't kill it this turn. Our plan would be to get the cleaver down and chop it up later, or also to brute force it. That could one-shot it. The question is whether we want it in the cabins or up on deck three. Let's put it across in the passenger cabins. It's two locations away from us. If we put it up in the deck lounge and theatre, that's two, two away as well. So either is fine. We just need to deal with it. So the question is, we are intellect five now, five horror. So we could try for this clue, we'd be a five on three. And then we could try the action here. If there are no clues, we'd be a combat or agility four on three. And if we succeed, we'd get rid of a minus four and add a cultist. Importantly, we'd need to leave before the order enforcer comes and causes us problems. Do we think we can do it this turn? We should at least try for the clue. Five on three. Minus one, clue. I think we give it a go. We'll test combat. Four on three. Zero. Result. Okay. Find one of those minus fours out. Add one of those Ians in. And then last action, let's head across to the dining room. The dining room is a huge space devoted to luxurious consumption. 
Tables are covered in half-eaten meals of sumptuous variety, while the gilded walls reflect the light from hanging chandeliers. Beautiful. It's two shroud and one clue. Action, spend a clue, evade, evade an enemy at this location or a connecting location. Group limit once per game. It'd be easy to lose someone in a room this big. Ah, oh, you can like hide in the tables and things. Enemy phase, the order enforcer hunts up to the galley. And at the end of the enemy phase, we place a doom on the crate of goods where the cultist of the deep is. Ugh. And while it's at a location, treat the location as exhausted for all encounter card effects. Okay. Upkeep, we draw another test of will and go up to two resources. Mythos, we hit two doom on the agenda, plus one for the plus one and plus one for the doom. So we're four of 12. And our encounter card is... Another Order Enforcer. Who shuffled this deck? It spawns on us. It's a prey, most clues. That's us, definitely. Hunter retaliates, and it, when it attacks you, discard a non-story item asset you control to reduce the damage by one. Um, hmm. We could evade, move to the cultist, evade that. We'd be one up on all of those. We could drag the Order Enforcer with us, taking two damage, and that would take all of our stats up to fives. And then we'd evade, evade. We just need more actions now. Can't play Meat Cleaver. We're a bit short. Couldn't cancel that because of Test of Will. It, you know, this might be over pretty soon, but sometimes you have to just explore to find out. Let's give it a go. Let's let's head on over. So we'll move over taking two damage. So now we're fives in all of our stats because we're on five damage and five horror. Why not play Calvin on the edge? You know, that's, that's how he ro rolls. We've got a Perseverance. We've got Until the End of Time and Peter. So the passenger cabins, two shroud, no clues. Forced, when it's revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a cultist enemy and spawn it here. That enemy gains reaction. After this enemy is defeated, you freed passengers from their guards. Seal minus four on passenger cabins. Add an Ian token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the scenario. A cultist stalks the halls, keeping the passengers locked tight. Okay, well, alas, I think there's another sea singer. There's another Cultist of the Deep. There's two more Cultists of the Deep. Well, let's take one of those. We don't want a Sea Singer. Although they're pretty nasty too. Okay, uh, I think we're in panic stations now because we're now on three enemies with two actions left. And that means next turn, we've still got three enemies on us. And I don't think we can deal with them. Let's play it out and see what happens. So we'll try and evade the Order Enforcer. Five on three. No, six on three. It is a Sean. That's a minus two. The Cultist of Deep treats your location exhausted for all encounter card effects. Do you think that includes scenario card effects or encounter cards as in encounter cards from the deck? Hmm. I'm going to grim rule it and say that it wants to treat this scenario card like that as well. So that's a minus four, a fail. And I'll try and evade again. Minus one, so the Order Enforcer is evaded. The two Cultists of the Deep. Yeah, oh, this is bad. Enemy phase, <laughs> the Order Enforcer in the galley, the original Order Enforcer hunts, it's one away. And then the two Cultists of the Deep hit for one horror each and one damage each. I put all of those on Peter and Jessica, that's fine. At the end of the enemy phase, there are two ready Cultists at this location, so we put two more Doom on Creative Goods. Upkeep. We draw a live and learn and go up to three resources and we're engaged with three enemies. Place another doom. We're at seven of 12 and our encounter card is 
seasickness. Put it into threat into your threat area. After you move, the next skill test you perform this round gets plus one difficulty. And at the end of your turn, test willpower three. If you succeed, discard seasickness. So we're on five damage and five horror. We've got space for two damage and a horror and until the end of time. And potentially one damage and one horror on Jessica and Peter if we want them alive. Or if we want to kill them, we could put a damage and a horror on each and they would die. We're on three resources and two clues. Hmm. I suspect this is the final turn. Even if I evade all three, the order enforcer that's next to us hunts in and hits, hits us. And that goes on until the end of time, destroying it. And then I have four enemies next turn. I do have perseverance to survive. The other thing is, I have one expeditious retreat in my deck. <laughs> and I thought, originally I wasn't going to run any. And I thought, oh, I'll have some in case I get mobbed. Because you can evade everything with an expeditious retreat. And that would be an incredible card. So we do have an answer for this situation. We just haven't seen very many cards in our deck. We've got, what, two in our discard pile, three in play, and six in hand. So 11 of 34. <laughs> Can we do something clever about evade one, move, taking hits from two others? I mean, even taking hits from two others. We could do evade, evade, move to the library. And we take an attack of opportunity from the one we haven't evaded, which could go on until the end of time, destroying it. And then Peter and Jessica would heal up and we could soak the hit. Okay, let's try that. We'll evade the order enforcer. Six on three. Minus one, evaded. We'll evade one of the cultists of the deep. Six on three. Minus two, evaded. And last action, we'll move to the library. So we take a damage and a horror, which we put on until the end of time, and it's destroyed now. The library reads, the library is on, a, on the smaller side, but it is furnished with ornate sitting chairs, heavy bookcases, and a surprising selection of tomes regarding the occult. A plaque reads, special donations on loan from the Legrasse collection. It's three shroud and three clues. As an action, you can spend one per investigator clues to test intellect three to learn more information about the cult. If you succeed, seal the minus five, add a nick token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the scenario. And it says forced at the end of the round, if there are fewer than one per investigator clues on the library, add clues to library until there are one per investigator clues. Ooh, and it's victory five. So if you can somehow empty it and then keep it emptied, you can get 5 XP from it at the end of the scenario. I wonder how you do that. So we've moved there. So we could get rid of a minus 5 and put in a Nick. A Nick is a minus 3. If you succeed, draw 2 cards or gain 2 resources. At the end of our turn, Peter heals a horror, Jessica heals a damage. They're on 1 and 1. And then in the enemy phase, the Cultist of the Deep hits us and the damage and the horror goes straight back. Also in the enemy phase, the Order Enforcer hunts to where the Crate of Goods is, which means we add one more Doom, because the other Order Enforcer and the Cultist of Deep were exhausted. So we're on four Doom there. I would like to get in there and clear that, but... Ugh. Upkeep, I draw a Flashlight, and I go up to four resources. Mythos, we hit four Doom on the agenda, five on the Sea Singer, nine on the Crate of Goods, and our encounter card is Right of the Deep. Revelation, place one doom on the nearest cultist enemy. Then, if you're at the same location as an enemy that has doom on it, take two horror. If there are no cultist enemies in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a cultist enemy and draw it. Shuffle the encounter deck. 
I'll pay one <laughs> and play Test of Will. I think that's an easy Test of Will. We could put a Doom on the Cultist of the Deep who's here with us, but then we'd take two Horror, which would kill us. We could pay two with Perseverance to cancel that, but I don't think it's worth it. I think we just pay one. The good news is this Cultist of the Deep won't be adding to the Crate of Goods. The bad news is there's a buttload of them over in the next location from me in the passenger cabins that will be adding Doom. It's at the end of the enemy phase. We'll only be getting one Doom this turn. I'm thinking I... Oh, I forgot to test to get rid of seasickness last turn. Six on three. Minus two. Removed. Okay, the cultists of the deep here. I'm thinking evade. Play the meat cleaver. Move away. That cultist of the deep is dealt with. The order enforcers follow me, so we only get one Doom. And maybe we take them on a merry dance around deck three and deck two, and then start picking them off. So first action, let's try this evade. Six on three. Zero. Evaded. Second action, go broke, playing meat cleaver. Third action, I think from here, yes, we can move up to the sun deck. This is the place where passengers would normally come to soak up some sunshine and enjoy the view. Unfortunately, the current view is of the unsettling kind. It's two shroud, no clues. Action, fight. Test combat, X. X is the fight value of an enemy at your location. If you succeed, shuffle that enemy into the encounter deck. If you fail, move to open water. A railing of wood and metal is all that separates anyone from the plunge into the below. Uh, plunge into the water below. You can just throw someone over the railing and they go into the deck. That is our three. Well, there is a crate of goods here, and we're really set up to flip it. Enemy phase, both order enforcers hunt to the library, and in upkeep, we only add one doom to that crate of goods. It now has five doom on it. We draw a resourceful and go to one resource. Peter and Jessica have healed back to one each, which is nice. And we place a Doom. So we're 5, 10, 11. Chances are we're advancing next turn, because I don't think there's a way of me getting back to the passenger cabins unless I had a track shoes to run round and pass that test. It may just be we were too swamped, and that's okay. Let's see what our encounter card is. Thalassophobia. Oh, I don't like the art on this. It's just feet in the water. Revelation test willpower 2. This test gets plus two difficulty if your location is exhausted. For each point you fail by, take a horror. So I'm a 5-6 on 2. Let's give it a go. Minus 5. Oh, 6 on 2, so I'm a 1 on 2. So I take one horror. I put it on Peter because otherwise I've gone insane. Well, if I was on two resources at the end of this turn, the two order enforcers would hunt to me, and they'd both hit me for two damage. Jessica would be fully healed, so she could take two of those damage. And then if I had the two resources, I could play Perseverance and heal the other two. And then next turn, I could hit one order enforcer, taking a horror on Peter to make it two damage, and healing a horror off me. And then I could hit the other order enforcer, taking a horror on me and healing that. So that would mean this turn, I just hang around here. Maybe I try and do a crate of goods, take a resource, and I do something else. And if I'm going to try a crate of goods, I could throw in this resourceful to get a live and learn back. So I'd be in agility six with resourceful is a seven on three. 
That's a tentacle. <laughs> and I'll try again as a six on three. Minus six. And last action, I'll take a resource. <laughs> wow. Okay, they didn't want me to get that crate of goods. That's fine. We've had really good draws so far, so I don't mind that. The two order enforcers hunt to us. Peter's are on one horror. Jessica takes two damage, so she's back to two. And the other two that would defeat me play Perseverance and cancel that. Upkeep, a draw. Five of Pentacles. And they go to one resource. Mythos. Oh, we place another Doom on Cultist of the Deep. And we hit then 13 Doom in play. Six on the agenda. One on the Sea Singer. Six over here. Then a place I think all Doom in play is removed because we advance. I mean, we've sort of barely got started here. I feel like I'm getting more of a sense of how to handle this scenario, though. Let's give it a flip. In the wrong hands, cries of joy erupt through the ship as the cultists have found their prize. Strange chanting begins to ring through the corridors, and it's clear that a ritual of some kind has begun. Within minutes, the ship begins to rock sickeningly. Even worse, there's the sound of metal rending. Unspeakable creatures have been summoned from the deep, and they're beginning to claw their way into the constellation. Search the face-down copies of Crate of Goods for Tablet of Dagon. So, the one that got all the doom? It is the tablet. Okay, it makes sense. Spawn the set-aside Luther Marsh, empowered and enthralled enemy, at the bridge. That is the location next to us. And attach Tablet of Dagon to him. Remove each other creative goods from the game. I'm not even going to look at them. I love the fact that we can find out what they are in another play. Shuffle the encounter discard pile and each encounter card from the Deep Ones and Sinking Ship encounter sets into the encounter deck. Exhaust each deck one location. That's the bottom row. Advance the act deck to act 3A, plug the abyss. Advance the agenda to summon those below. Wow, so much going on. Okay, so it's like load more cards going in the encounter deck. Okay, let's look at Luther Marsh first, because he's right next to us. Four fight, five per investigator health, and four evade. Art is brilliant. It's like a tentacle terrifying creature. Humanoid, sorcerer, and elite. Massive and retaliate. Luther Marsh cannot be defeated by damage. And forced after Luther Marsh attacks you, test combat three. If you fail, move to a connecting location. So it doesn't hunt, but can kind of push you away if it hits you. Challenge me and you challenge the depths themselves. Victory two hits for two damage and two horror can't be defeated by damage that's interesting the tablet of dagon has a revelation effect take control of it and an action investigate your location gets plus one shroud for this test if you succeed move a deep one enemy to a connecting location okay so you can like use the tablet to control deep ones it's kind of cool so he's up there on the bridge the only way into the bridge is from our location the sun deck or the deck lounge and theater so we need to advance the act deck to act 3a and advance the agenda deck to Agenda 3A, summon those below. Okay, there's multiple agendas. So this is our last one. Creatures from the deep have begun to climb aboard the ship, called forth by the ritual of the cultist and the pulsating tablet. Exhausted locations do not ready during the upkeep phase. So that's the bottom deck. Each cultist enemy gets plus one fight and plus one evade. Luther isn't a cultist, but we have two order enforcers on us. And it's two doom threshold. So it advances next turn because of the sea singer. 
Act 3A, Plug the Abyss. A ritual has begun that will call something terrible from below. The monsters storming the ship may just be the heralds. With the tablet in the hands of the cultists, you must stop the ritual at all costs. While Luther Marsh has no remaining health, the tablet gains action, spend a clue, reveal five chaos tokens. If a cultist, sorry, if an Ian, Nick or Scott is revealed, seal it on Tablet of Dagon. If at least one of each of those is sealed on the Tablet of Dagon, it is destroyed. And if the Tablet of Dagon is destroyed, advance. Oh, boy. So we need... <laughs> we need to get a Scott, an Ian, and a Nick into the Chaos Bag. We've already done one Ian. It's so hard doing these different names. We've seen a way to get a Nick in there from the library. We just spend a clue and test Intellect 3. But, importantly, we have two order enforcers engaged with us, and we still need to draw our encounter card. Oh boy. Lights out. Revelation attached to your location, limit one per location, okay? Attached location gets plus two shroud. You cannot play assets with a cost lower than the shroud of this location while at this location. So this is now a... we can't play assets that cost four... No, three or, or fewer, because this is Shroud 4. After attached location is successfully investigated, discard lights out. Okay, that feels like the first encounter card that's not really been too punishing. So this turn, I think the plan was chop these order enforcers, and cultists get plus one fight and plus one evade. So I guess we, we try and kill them both, and then we... I mean, then probably the scenario is over because this is a two doom threshold unless this is one of those that just adds an enemy each time it happens let's give it a try oh there is the fight here as well that you can throw someone off so first we'll chop one of the order enforcers we currently have five damage on us plus one for jessica so we're six and when we fight with the meat cleaver we have three or fewer remaining sanity so we get a plus two so we're an eight against four and we'll take a horror which we put on peter to make us do two damage. Eight on four. Zero. The order enforcer is dead at last, and we get to heal a horror, so we heal that off us. We'll do the same thing again, putting a horror this time on us, back to five. It is an Ian. Minus two, if you succeed, either deal one damage to a cultist enemy or remove one doom from a cultist enemy. So I should put a damage on the cultist of the deep waiting in the library, because that then makes it just a, a single shot to kill it. And we pass the test, so the order enforcer dies, which heals us a horror. Options now. Our hand is Test of Will, Peter Sylvester, Live and Learn, Flashlight, Five of Pentacles. We don't really want to move to Luther Marsh's location because he just kills us. We could move back down to the Cultist of the Deep. It would hit us, but we would have healed one and one on Peter. So we'd be ready to then chop it next turn. And then we're in the right place to add a Nick to the bag. Let's do that. Last action move. It engages us. At the end of our turn, we heal a horror and a damage from Peter and Jessica. In the enemy phase, they take a horror and damage. Does anything else happen in the enemy phase? No. In upkeep... The bottom decks don't ready. Luckily, the Cultists of the Deeps don't have Hulk, Hunter or Alert or Retaliate or anything like that. They're just 3-3-3, spawn at the nearest location with an attached crate of goods, and while they're at a location, treat that location as exhausted for all encounter card effects. Okay. Upkeep, we draw a Take Heart, and we go to two resources. Mythos, we place a Doom, and that 
puts us at two doom and we advance the agenda again. Is this game over? Below the waves, the ship tilts to one side for a moment, emitting a terrible groan as more water rushes into its wounds. Exhaust a ready location with the lowest possible deck number. Well, the decks on the first floor are all exhausted already. So we're going to go to deck two. We've got the galley, the dining room, the passenger cabins, and the library where we are. I'll exhaust the galley. If all locations are exhausted, each investigator is defeated and suffers a physical trauma. Otherwise, flip this back to agenda 3A. Wow, that sea singer is going to cause us a lot of problems because that's happening every turn now. Can we get back to the sea singer? Our encounter card is Call of Rulière. Put it into play in your threat area. When you would move while there's a deep one enemy in play, you must move towards the nearest deep one enemy or take a horror. Is Luther a deep one? No. And after you engage a deep one enemy, discard Call of Rulière. Is that so bad that we should test it, will it? I don't think so. I think we just keep hold of that. So first action, we're going to take a horror and try and kill the cultist of the deep. Five damage on us, we're a five fight. Plus one from Jessica, six. Plus two from the meat cleaver, we're four up. Zero. The cultist dies and we heal a horror. I think we will heal to four, just because we can. Second action, spend a clue and test intellect three to learn more information about the cult. So I'll spend the clue. Our intellect currently is a four, no boosts, so we're just one up. Zero again. Wow, this is lucky. So we get to seal that minus five. And we add a nick to the bag. What do we do for our last action? We need to find a place to add a elder thing to the bag. There's the bridge and the deck lounge and theatre on the top deck. Or it's down in the engine room and the boiler room. How do we get down there? We have to head back to the galley and then down from the galley. We could, last action, move to the cultist of the deep. And it then hits us again and we just stay put. We can't get around it otherwise. I thought we were done. I thought we were toast. I mean, we are probably still nearly done, but we're still pushing. Yeah, let's just move to the cultist of the deep in the passenger cabins. It engages us. We heal in a damage and a horror from Peter. They take a damage and a horror, Peter and Jessica. Upkeep, we draw a rabbit's foot. We go to three resources and we advance again. So I'll <laughs> exhaust the dining room now. Our encounter card is lights out. That's fine. That goes to our location. First action evade, run twice to the galley so that we're ready to head down to the engine room next turn. I I don't think deck lounge and theatre will have an elder thing token because that was one of the places with the crates of goods. And the same with the... Oh no, the passenger cabins. Hey, I've forgotten this. The passenger cabins has that forced effect. When it's revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a cultist enemy and spawn it here. That enemy gains reaction. After this enemy is defeated, you freed the passengers from their guards. Seal a minus four to add a cultist. And Ian. Now we grab, grabbed another cultist of the deep, didn't we? And we've killed both of the order enforcers and one of the cultists of the deep. Man, the discard pile is just a stack of enemies. The question is, was was it that cultist of the deep that we've killed that was the one that had this reaction? Or was it this cultist that's still here? Uh, Grim rule, it's this cultist. So that makes me think I actually want to kill this cultist. 
And the issue I have is that I'm on four horror. That's still fine. So first action will just swing the meat cleaver without taking horror. We're at eight on four. Zero, one damage. And we'll swing again, taking a horror. Eight on four. It is an Sean <laughs> skull. That is a minus four if your location is exhausted, which is a pass, which kills this guy, which heals us a horror. That's another enemy there. And we find the other minus four and seal that. And the second Ian is in the bag. So two minus fours and a minus five are out of the bag. Three up passes on everything apart from the minus six and the auto fail. Pretty good. We've got one action left because that was two attacks. Let's just move to the dining room, one to the left. We could head up to the deck lounge and theatre next turn, or we could head down into the engine room next turn. We heal a damage and a horror from Peter and Jessica. We draw a card. It's rise to the occasion. We're now eight cards in hand. They are Rabbit's Foot, Five of Pentacles, Peter Sylvester, Flashlight. Rise, take heart, test of will, live and learn. We go up to four resources. We exhaust another location. I'll exhaust the passenger cabins because we advance. And our encounter card is swept away. Revelation, attach swept away to the current agenda, limit one per agenda, forced as an additional cost to enter an exhausted location, test agility three. If you fail, you must either discard three resources or discard a non-story item asset you control, which would be our meat cleaver. And when the agenda would advance, discard swept away. Okay, so that's going to just rush through. Decision time. Do we go up to the deck lounge and theatre, or do we head down to the engine room? If we're going to head down to the engine room, we'd move to the galley and the engine room, so that would be two agility, three tests. We could play the Five of Pentacles, just to give us a little bit more soak. It's it's not great, but it's still okay. And then move up to um, the deck lounge and theatre and check it out. And if it's rubbish, do something else. <laughs> Pay three. Play the Five of Pentacles. Second action, move up. It's four shroud and a clue. After you enter deck lounge and theatre, lose one resource for each action you have remaining. We have one action remaining, so we lose one resource. And spend a clue to put the top card of your deck into play face down as a disguise asset. That card gains free trigger, discard this card. All enemies gain aloof until the end of the round. Group limit once per game. That would have been good. It's also not a way of adding our Scott to the bag. Is the Scott at the bridge? (laughs) Or is it down in the engine room or the boiler room? And we've got four turns left because the library and then the top three decks will will disappear. Well, we're trying. We're trying. Last action, we'll move back to the dining room. We have to test agility three. We're agility six. Zero, pass. Upkeep. We draw another flashlight. We go to one resource. Swept away discards because the agenda advances. And that also exhausts the library. And our encounter card is taking on water, peril, revelation, exhaust a ready location with the lowest possible deck number. Well, I'll pay one and play test of will to cancel that. And that buys us one turn. Move to galley. Move to engine room. Oh, wait a second. Move to galley. We could move to open water. No, we can't. Yeah, we'll move to engine room then. 
Four shroud and one clue. Lots of text, which is good. If there are no clues on the revealed side of boiler room, okay. Engine room games, action. If there are no clues on engine room, discard cards from your hand with a total of at least one intellect, one combat and one agility icon to seal the minus six. Add a Scott token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the scenario. Remember that you've restarted the engine. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, two actions to move there. We're going to need to get a clue here. We're going to need to get a clue in the boiler room, I imagine. For those icons, we could just discard a rise to the occasion because it has three wild icons, which count as everything. So let's keep the rise to the occasion in hand. Why don't we last action investigate here? We're a four on four investigating. So we'll chuck in a take heart. Minus one, we fail. So we draw two cards, a brute force and an expeditious retreat. Now the fun skills coming in and get two resources. And we'll play live and learn. We're now a six on four investigating and I'll commit one of these two flashlights to be a seven on four. Three ups where we want to be, right? Oh, apart from for skulls. It's all right, it's an Ian, minus two. You can deal a damage to a cultist or remove one doom from a cultist. Well, we'll deal a damage to the sea singer. <laughs> we'll slowly pick it off. Oh, okay, that gets us that clue. That's fine. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep. Get another five of pentacles. We go to three resources. Hand is pentacles, Peter, flashlight, rabbit's foot. Brute force, expeditious retreat, rise to the occasion. The deck lounge and theatre exhausts. <laughs> Two turns left. Our encounter card is clap of thunder. We are, that's the willpower three, and then you have to pick an icon to discard. We're a five on three. Minus one, pass. So we could move twice to the Sea Singer and chop it. And then we're going to have to run back across to the Boiler Room. I mean, either way, I think we've run out of time because there's only two locations to tap. So we'd go move, move, kill, go to one Doom. Move, 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 back to the Boiler Room. Tap one, clear, move thing, Doom. And then we'd have to go move, move, move. We can't quite make it. Is it still worth playing out? Let's play it out without going and killing the Sea Singer. And we'll go and look in the boiler room, just for fun. So we'll move into the boiler room. It's three shroud and a clue. If you end your turn here, put the top card of your deck face down into your threat area. Treat this card as an exhaustion treachery with the following text. You get minus one combat, minus one agility, and minus one health. That would kill us. I oh, know we have five pentacles. Forced after you leave boiler room, discard this card. Okay, so first action was move. Second action, let's try and get that clue. We're a four on three, and I'll chuck in a rabbit's foot and a flashlight to be a six on three. It is Sean. This location is exhausted, so that's a minus four. We fail. Oh, do we want to stay here and get one of those horrible cards? We're kind of out of things now. Let's investigate again, four on three. It's another Sean. They don't want us to leave. Okay, we ended our turn there, so we put one of our cards face down. We're on five damage of seven, but now we're five of six. Upkeep, we draw a Dark Pact. That's okay. Go to four resources. We exhaust the sun deck. Encounter card is Destroyer from the Depths. 
This is Humanoid Monster Deep One, three fight, two health, and four evade. It's going to engage us, I think. It has a forced effect. When the enemy phase begins, discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. Draw each copy of Taking on Water discarded by this effect. This creature's attention seems to be fixated on tearing the ship to pieces. Gugh. And I've engaged a deep one enemy, so Call of Rulier is discarded. That's nice. I could chop this destroyer, try and get a clue, move to the engine room, and then I think the game is over because we hit one doom plus one from the sea singer, which means we exhaust the bridge. And I'm going to check that. If all locations are exhausted, each investigator is defeated and suffers one physical trauma. So yeah, I'm not going to play out the final turn. I'm happy to just end there. But let's go and look at resolutions. If no resolution was reached, each investigator was defeated. You come to consciousness draped over a piece of wreckage floating on the endless ocean. There's no sign of the constellation except the flotsam that surrounds you. You think you feel something massive swimming just below, and panic hits as you don't dare to think what it might be. It is then that you see the light of an approaching vessel in the night. Perhaps rescue is at hand, though what has been unleashed this night, you cannot say. We record in our campaign log that the ritual at sea was completed, the constellation was lost to the depths, and we earn victory X of each card in the victory display. There's one from the engine room there, good effort. We don't get that five from the library. And that is it. Ah, there was a VP here on the boiler room. We'll say we got that one. That's all I can see. So, couple of VP. If you want to play this as a standalone scenario, it costs two experience. So we would have made that back. What a scenario. I mean, <laughs> I had a blast playing that. That was fun. Definitely lesson learned the Sea Singer needed to die. And leaving it actually in open water where it just sits there in open water singing is, it probably cost us, I don't know, 10, 15 turns? Probably 10. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven turns from those exhausts. Eight, eight, nine turns it cost us, which is brutal. The amazing thing here, I think, and this is part of, you know, tied into the episode I did on failure, was how resilient you can be if you just keep pushing. You know, Calvin, in solo, three enemies, you should be done. That should be it. Maybe I misplayed, but... If you're willing to take the hits and things like that, you can actually keep pushing. And I hope that that was a good illustration of that. Was it a good illustration of this deck? Kind of. It does get super powered. Peter and Jessica just soaking everything for you is really fun. But I think I was really on the back foot because of that really stifled opening in the cargo room and seeing the Sea Singer as the first card. And I kind of got stuck. But I think, I mean, we've gone for a long time and shown it off. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, stay tuned because I'm going to play it again, this time with an Ursula deck. So this Ursula deck is Dreamy Ursula by Scott which is a deck that's been doing really well on ArkhamDB. It is designed by one of the horrible Mythos Busters boys. But one of the things about this deck is I wanted an Ursula deck to play in the Dreamlands with, and Dubs, Dreamy Ursula by Scott, came up as a conversation between me, Scott, a couple of other patrons on our Discord, where we were just 
banding ideas around about Ursula. It's definitely his deck and his design. I'm not going to claim that I had helped design it. I don't think I did. But we did discuss it. And I then played it through Dream Eaters. He also played it through Dream Eaters. It's probably my most successful Dream Eaters deck. And we were swapping messages about it as well. How do we upgrade? What do we do next? So I'd like to claim I have something of a hand in it, but I don't think I really do. But anyway, I've played it before. I really like it. I think it's a really powerful deck. I proofed the write-up for him. The features of this deck are that it goes incredibly fast. It basically has no combat at all, apart from two I've got a plan. And its goal is to get so far ahead of the agenda deck that basically whatever hits you doesn't really slow you down. Now that we've seen this scenario, Constellation on the Constellation, we probably am a bit more worried. There's some nasty tokens in the Chaos Bag. I feel like I was very lucky with my token draws last game, so I'm expecting a lot of fails this game. And... Yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover. However, if anyone can cover that ground, it's Ursula. And I just was, as I was saying that, I was thinking the other important feature here is it's a limited-sized map. I mean, it's a big map, but it's still limited in its space, so we're going to have to be canny about our movement. And also, as we start getting clues, fieldwork's going to turn off. But So we're going to have to be really sharp about using Malison to turn fieldwork back on. So that could be something fun to do as well. Okay, so same Agenda 1A, we've been captured. There's an Order Enforcer near us. It's a 3-2-3, but it's getting plus one health, aloof and elite. We can't play or put into play item assets or leave the cargo room. And the cargo room has three shroud and one clue. And we can test intellect zero to search the top X card of our deck for an item asset and add it to our hand. And we need to parlay, test intellect three to trick the big lug. If we succeed, we can place a clue to get rid of the order enforcer. So get a clue from shroud three, pass another intellect three test. This deck has relic hunter and studious as permanents. So we're drawing six cards now. Pathfinder, practice makes perfect. Malison, tooth of Estley, inquiring mind, and another practice makes perfect. I love practice makes perfect here. I love Malison here. Pathfinder is really useful as well. We maybe chuck the other P makes P, the Inquiring Mind and the Tooth, and redraw into a second Pathfinder, a second Tooth, Call of the Unknown, a second Inquiring Mind. Okay, basically the same cards. That's fine. So we could play Malison. No point playing Pathfinder yet. We could investigate. We would be a four on three. We could play a Practice Makes Perfect to hope to pick a perception, or even a deduction coming back to our hand for a plus one. Or we could use the inquiring mind for that one and then try and use the practice makes perfect for the order enforcer. It's nice to hold practice makes perfect until you're almost certain it's gonna hit. So yeah, pay one for Malison. He's just gonna be soaked because we're potentially not gonna have any clues for a while. Action two, inquiring mind, we're seven on three. It's a minus four. That is a pass. Fui. And last action, should we try and do this with the order enforcer? We'll pay one. Practice makes perfect. We're one up. Search the top nine for a practiced skill. We see inquiring mind, Malison, internal injury. Crack the case. Field work. Jake. Hawkeye folding camera. I've got a plan. Deduction. So that is the final card is a, is a practiced skill. So we commit deduction to the test, making us two up for this test. Did we see no weaknesses for 
Calvin last game. He definitely has three in his deck. Oh no, we saw the dark pack towards the end. Right, for this test we're two up with the deduction. Two up's still a good place to be. Minus six. Okay, the deduction comes to our hand at least. That is our three. Malison, get a clue, order enforcer. We do have the clue now, so if we want to cancel an encounter card, we can. Upkeep draws us a manual dexterity, and we go to four resources. We hit one of two doom, and our encounter card is Cultist of the Deep. Nearest location with an attached crate of goods, or any empty deck location instead if there are no crate of goods in play. That's the spawn instruction. So there's no location with a crate of goods, so that's any empty deck location instead. There's only one deck location in play, which is here, and it's not empty. So there's no valid spawn location, so we discard it. Result. How do we pass this test against the order enforcer? We're one up. Chucking deduction feels a bit of a shame. I think first action draw, it's a crack the case. Second action draw, third action chuck some cards. Second action draw, it's a eureka. Okay. <laughs> third action, do this test. We're four on three. Eureka makes us five on three. If we go one more up, we only get rid of one token. So let's just go five on three. There's two fours, a five, a six, and an auto fail. Yeah. But we're going to draw a skull or something better. It's a minus four. Fail. So we could have chucked crack the case and deduction to be four up. Oh well. That's a shame about Eureka. Upkeep. We draw a second deduction. We go to five resources. Mythos. We advance. I think we get thrown into the water now. So the advancement, we put the ship out. Deck one is open water, cargo room, engine room, boiler room. Deck two is galley, dining room, passenger cabins, library. And deck three is sun deck, bridge, and deck lounge and theatre. We get moved to open water. This is this six shroud location where you can test agility or combat to leave. And if you're here, you have to take two damage or discard a non-story item asset you control. The order enforcer is now going to be hunting us, which is a bit nasty. And we draw our encounter card. Lights out. <laughs> wow, okay, so now it's Shroud 8 here in the open water. So that's the one that's plus 2 Shroud. You can't play assets that cost less than the Shroud. And when you investigate, you discard it. So we can't play a Pathfinder here. So I think we just head up to the galley and start roaming around the ship. Act 2 is also advanced, and that's the one where we have to find the Tablet of Dagon. So first action, let's just try and move to the galley. We're a four on two, and I'll commit this manual dexterity to be four up. It's a skull, that's a Sean, a minus two. We make it into the galley, we draw a card. Our card is a field work. We get a free investigate here with four on three. I'm not gonna boost. Minus four, fail. Second action, let's play a Pathfinder for three. Third action, let's play a Fieldwork for two, taking us to broke. So we've now got Malison, Pathfinder, and Fieldwork out. We've got a single clue, and we're ready to start rolling a bit more, hopefully to crack a case, use deduction, all of that good stuff. Enemy phase, the Order Enforcer hunts into open water. Upkeep, we draw... A second practice makes perfect and go to one resource. 
and we hit one doom. Our encounter card is Clap of Thunder. Well, most of the cards in our hand are intellect icons. So this is Re- Revelation Test Willpower 3. If you fail, choose an icon, discard each card with at least one matching skill icon. Three on three. Minus four. So let's choose combat. We have no combat icons. I wonder if that should be for each point you fail by, pick a different icon icon type. But that would seem massively unfair. So I wonder if we practice makes perfect here at the galley, try and get a perception to get this clue, and then we pathfind out and start doing the jolly thing with Ursula. The other option is we leave this clue at the moment because it's a good fieldwork target, and we pathfind into dining room straight away. Maybe let's do that. Pathfind into dining room. It's two shroud and a clue. As an action, you can spend a clue to evade, evade an enemy at this location or a connecting location. So we're a four on two investigating here. Do we want to commit anything? No. Minus one, clue. Okay, so that that was a pathfinder and a free investigate, so we've still got three actions. If we go into the passenger cabins, that's the one that brings a cultist, right? So let's go and check out the other two creative goods this time. We never even went into the bridge in the last play. So first action, we'll move to the deck lounge and theatre. It's four shroud and one clue. And it says, after you enter it, lose one resource for each action you have remaining. Well, we have two, so we lose a resource. And you can spend a clue here to put the top card of your deck into play face down as a disguise asset. That card gains free trigger, discard this card. All enemies gain aloof until the end of the round. That would be really good to do. But I'm going to take the field work and for my second action, investigate. I'm two up. It's a skull, a Sean. That's a minus two. So we get that clue. We're up to three clues. And I'll crack the case to get four resources. We have a single action left. We did move, investigate. Why don't we test intellect three to sift through the contents of the crate that's here and put a clue? So we would be a four on three. I'll pay one for practice makes perfect, revealing the gold pocket watch, crystalline elder sign, crack the case, unspeakable oath, shortcut, inquiring mind. Come on. Call of the unknown, shortcut, perception, ninth card each time. So we get to commit the perception. That takes us to three up. Still not great, but... That's where we're at. That was so much XP that we just saw in our deck go sailing by. Three up. It's a zero, so we pass. We draw a card with perception. It's a shortcut. Perception comes to our hand. We place one of our three clues on this crate of goods. And if there's one clue on it, flip it over and draw it. Ugh! It's the hand of the strangler. It's... An enemy, relic and elite. It's null fight, null health and null evade. Hunter, cannot be defeated, cannot be evaded. Action, test combat three or agility three. If you succeed, either move Hand of the Strangler to a connecting location or attach it to a non-elite enemy at your location. Forced, at the end of the enemy phase, deal one damage to an attached enemy if able. Blimey. So it's just engaged with us. We can at least fight it with agility, but it doesn't exhaust it. It just follows us. Oh, that's so bad. 
Enemy phase, it hits us for a damage. We'll put it on Malison. Upkeep. Oh, and also the Order Enforcer hunts to the galley. Have we really covered all that ground? We have, yeah. Upkeep. We draw a Eureka. Well, that might help us with the Strangler. And go to four resources. We hit two Doom of 12. And our encounter card is Lights Out. Well, that's great to put that here. Okay, background to us. If we were to shortcut now, we could then use fieldwork to give us a boost with Hand of the Strangler, if there are any clues on the bridge. Alternatively, we could drop a clue using Malison here. I don't like that, though. So yeah, let's try the shortcut play. We'll shortcut into the bridge. The bridge is filled with controls designed to operate this monstrosity of a vessel. There are sparks flying from a few corners, but most of the room seems operational. It's four shroud and a clue, and it has an action. If you've restarted the engine, test intellect three. If you succeed, add a Scott to the chaos bag for the remainder of the scenario, group limit once per game. It is victory one, and yeah, we'll tap field work. We could trigger our free evade, but a uh, free investigate, but I'm not going to do that. I'll tap that, so now we're a six on three, and I'll commit Eureka seven on three, trying to do this fight, first action. Minus one, so we move the hand to a connecting location, so I'll put it back at the deck lounge and theatre, and the Eureka fires, top three, perception, Hawkeye folding camera, I've got a plan. I think the camera, and I think we play... Pathfind, Investigate. There weren't any clues at the sun deck, were there? That was just a place to throw people into the sea. We will need an I've Got a Plan if we're going to go to the passenger cabins where it spawns an enemy, because we'll need to be able to plan one quickly. So what have we done this turn? We've shortcutted and used a single action to get rid of the hand. So we've got two actions left, and we've got Pathfinder. So we could play Pathfinder. No, play Hawkeye Folding Camera. Pathfind to the sun deck and move to the library and investigate there because we haven't used our free trigger investigate. And that's three clues. So if we double deduction in there, we could just empty it, three clues. So let's do that. Second action, play Hawkeye Folding Camera. Pathfind to the sun deck and move to the library. Let's just check that the sun deck has no clues. It doesn't. It's two shroud and no clues. And the library is three shroud and three clues. Oh, and this is where we can... Take, test intellect three to learn more information about the cult to get rid of a minus five and add a nick to the bag. So we are a four against three. Deduction makes us five. Deduction makes us six. Perception makes us eight against three. Minus two. We get all three clues, which means we get a charge on the camera. Now, willpower, four. If we could end the scenario now, we'd get five XP. And we draw a card from Perception. It's the Crystalline Elder sign. Enemy phase. The Order Enforcer hunts across to the dining room. It's two away from us. And the Hand of the Strangler, if it goes one, two, three, bridge, sun deck to us, or one, two, three, we'll send it across to the bridge. It's just scuttling along the ground to get us. Upkeep. We draw an internal injury, that's a bit annoying. And at the end of the round, we add a clue to the library. So there's now one clue there. We're at three resources. We hit three doom. I feel like we're doing better than Calvin did, but 
Maybe that's wishful thinking. And our encounter card is Right of the Deep. Place one Doom on the nearest cultist enemy. Then, if you're at the same location as an enemy that has Doom on it, take two horror. And if there are no cultist enemies in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a cultist enemy and draw it. So I think we just suck this up. We could drop a clue, but I think there are worse cards in the deck, particularly enemies. So if we place a Doom on the Order Enforcer, we don't take any horror. It stays away from us. So let's clear the internal injury, because that could be problematic, and play the Crystalline Elder Sign, going broke and sealing the plus one. We could pathfind into the passenger cabins, but we're then getting hit by the Order Enforcer, so there's no point. Our hand is just a Tooth of Esli and a Pathfinder. We have zero resources. In the enemy phase, the Order Enforcer hunts to the passenger cabins and the Hand of the Strangler hunts to the sun deck. We're being surrounded. Upkeep, we draw an I've Got a Plan and go to one resource. And we hit five Doom of 12 because four on the agenda and one on the Order Enforcer. Our encounter card is Cultist of the Deep. Spawn at the nearest location with an attached crate of goods or any empty deck location instead if there are no crate of goods in play. And while it's at... A location, treat the location as exhausted for all encounter card effects. Hmm. So we can either spawn it next to us to the left at the passenger cabins. And if we move in there, that'll be a triple enemy location. I'm wondering if we should have put the disguise from before. We could also spawn this above us at the sun deck where the hand of the strangler is. And our turn could be take two resources, pathfind in there and kill this with the I've got a plan in hand. I don't really like that. Or we could drop a clue with Malison now, taking this location to two clues, and shuffle this back in and draw a new card. Let's try that. If we get that again, we just we do do the plan of killing it up at where this Hand of the Strangler is. I kind of would like to have an action to do the, the spend a clue here to test Intellect 3 to seal a minus 5. Our new card is an Order Enforcer. Whew. Well, first action evade. With the Crystalline Elder Sign, we're two up. Minus one, evaded. What do we do now? I feel like we try this spend a clue for one. We're two up on this test. First, second action. It is Sean, that's a minus two. So we seal the minus five here and add a nick to the bag. Do we pathfind up to the hand of the strangler? If we pathfind into the passenger cabins, we're just eating another attack from an enemy. Don't really like that. If we pathfind to the hand of the strangler, we're two up to get away from it. Although if we fight it, we move it to a connecting location and then it just hunts back and hits us. So it's almost better to do something else here first, like take a resource or draw a card. Or we pathfind up to the sun deck and the hand of the strangler. There is a fight action here, test X. X is the fight value of an enemy at your location. If you succeed, shuffle that enemy into the encounter deck. If you fail, move to open water. Hmm. The hand of the strangler has a fight value of null, so I don't know if it could be fought. 
and it can't shuffle into the encounter deck because it has a crate of goods as its back. I'm wondering if we just pathfind up there and do the crate of goods test there because we've got three clues. We take a hit from the hand for that third action and we take a hit in the enemy phase, but we then know what that crate is. Are all the crates bad? Are they all like the hand of the strangler or are they mostly good? And there's the tablet. I don't know. There's five of them. Let's chance it. We pathfind up. We take a damage to try the test. We're two up on the test. Elder sign. After this test ends, you may move to a connecting location. Okay. So that means we get to place a clue here and flip this over. It is the Tablet of Dagon. Revelation, take control of it. As an action, we can investigate. Your location gets plus one shroud. If you succeed, move a deep one enemy to a connecting location. It smells oddly of the sea and catnip. And when we take control of that, we have to advance. Is this our first time advancing an act? (laughs) So far, all the way through the Calvin one, it was just forced advancement because of the agenda. In our grasp. You found a strange tablet in one of the crates marked with the grass's name. The writing on it is in some indecipherable and forgotten language. Although there is nothing to indicate it at first, the powerful aura that surrounds the object makes it clear to you that this is what the cult has been searching for. As you take possession of the artefact, the ship rocks to one side for a moment. At the same time, a ghastly noise reverberates through the ship and you realise that it's the sound of metal being torn asunder. Terrifying creatures have begun to board the ship through these openings they have made. Shuffle the encounter discard pile and each encounter card from the Deep Ones and Sinking Ship encounter sets into the encounter deck. Oh no, I think I've bluffed myself here. Exhaust each deck one location. Spawn the set-aside Colossal Servant Monster from the Depths enemy at open waters. Why was that set aside? Where is that? Oh, wow, Luther Marsh is double-sided? I didn't even realise that. So the other side of Luther Marsh is Colossal Servant Monster from the Depths. Five fight, four evade, seven per investigator health, monster, deep one, and elite, massive and alert. Forced at the beginning of the investigator phase, reveal a random token from the chaos bag. If a Sean, Ian, Nick, Scott, or Autofail symbol is not revealed, move Colossal Servant to the location with the most investigators. And forced effect, if there are no investigators at the same location as Colossal Servant, move it to open water. So let me check. At the beginning of the investigation phase, we reveal a token and it appears wherever you are. If we can get away from it, it's sent, sent back to open water for the rest of the turn. Okay. Oh my goodness. Advance the agenda deck to agenda 3A, punish the interlopers. Advance the, to act 3A, flee the ship. Flee the ship. Now that you have the tablet, you must take it out of reach, escaping from the ship before the cultists find you and the ship is pulled into the depths. The sun deck gains double action. Test strength 6 or intellect 6 to use raw strength or intelligence to lift the lifeboat into position. Any investigator may spend one clue to lower the difficulty of this test by two. We do have two clues. If successful, put the set-aside lifeboat location into play, and the objective is find and complete an objective on the lifeboat. That is our new objective, and we are at the right place to do it. We had to advance to punish the interlopers. Agenda 3A, punish the interlopers. They have it! Don't let them escape! The cult knows what you found, and they are desperate to get it back. 
Meanwhile, the creatures that have been unleashed are out of control, tearing apart anything that gets in their way. Exhausted locations do not ready during the upkeep phase, and there's a forced effect at the start of the enemy phase, discard each cultist enemy in the same location as a deep one enemy, then move each unengaged cultist enemy one location towards the investigator that controls the tablet of Dagon. Ugh, let me get that right again. Enemy phase begins. Cultists who are next to deep ones get killed, <laughs> but then unengaged cultists move one towards the tablet. Okay, kind of nasty. So that's a two-doom agenda. Our hand is I've got a plan, Pathfinder and Tooth of Esdley. And we have in play the Crystalline Elder Sign, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Fieldwork Pathfinder, and Malison with one damage on him. And we've taken a single damage because the hand of the Strangler is ruining us. We haven't done upkeep yet. That was our third action to do that. And we haven't done the enemy phase. So the Order Enforcer hunts across to the library, and the other order enforcer readies. We take a damage from the hand of the strangler and draw a second Hawkeye folding camera and go to two resources. We place a single doom on punish the interlopers, which means we advance because order enforcer has a doom. I hope this is the same as the other agenda 3A. The ship tilts to one side for a moment, emitting a terrible groan as more water rushes into its wounds. Exhaust a ready location with the lowest possible deck number. There goes the galley. If all locations are exhausted, each investigator is defeated. Otherwise, flip this back. Okay, and our encounter card is Dagon Warrior. Humanoid monster in deep one, 443, hunter and retaliate, and forced after the first hazard treachery is revealed each round, Dagon Warrior attacks each investigator in its location. Let us drop a clue, <laughs> shuffle this guy back in, and see if we can do better than that. And it is. Swept away, attach it to the current agenda, limit one per agenda as an additional cost to enter an exhausted location. You have to test agility three. If you fail, you lose three resources or a non-story item asset. And when the agenda advances, it goes. Okay, that's much better. Now we reveal a token to see if the Colossal Servant moves. Skull. Skull is revealed, so it doesn't move to us. We're good? Okay, what do we do then? We could try to fight off the hand of the Strangler and then double action get the lifeboat into play, which is only collected from the cargo room, which is kind of nasty. Or we could single action on the hand of the Strangler to get rid of it and then double action so we don't take the damage. And if we're going to do that single action, what are we? We're a five on three. We could commit this Pathfinder in our hand to be a six on three. It would be nice to play a second Pathfinder, but we don't have the resources. The issue is we definitely need to leave this location this turn because we've got two Order Enforcers staring at us from the library, which is just below us. Five on three to get rid of the hand. Minus two passes, it moves to the library. Double action. We're intellect five on six. Damn, that is going to be pretty hard. We could spend one clue to make it five on four, one up. Zero! Okay, put the set-aside lifeboat into play. The only location it attaches to is the cargo room where we began. 
So then I will pathfind into the bridge, tap field work to make us a seven on four and try and get this clue. It is a Sean. That's a minus two. We get the clue. Enemy phase, both order enforcers and the hand hunt up to the sun deck. Upkeep, I draw a field work and go to three resources. Pathfinder field work and Malison ready. We go to one of two doom and our encounter card is Call of Rulier. Put it into play in your threat area. When you move, while there is a deep one enemy in play, you must move towards the nearest deep one enemy or take one horror. And when you engage a deep one enemy, we discard it. Okay, we'll take that. And now we see if the Colossal Servant appears at the bridge. So minus three. So it does move and engage us. It's massive and alert. And we've engaged a deep one enemy, so we discard Call of Relief. That's kind of nice. Hmm. What do we do? I feel like we are going to struggle to evade this guy. We're a five on four. We could chuck the Pathfinder and Fieldwork in our hand to be six on four, seven on four, and then Pathfind into the deck, lounge, and theater where we'd have to lose two resources and then move to the dining room, move to the galley. And we're nearly down at the cargo room, which is nice. We need to move one, two more, three to the lifeboat. The alternative here is we just move away from the Colossal Servant. We take two damage and two horror, which we can deal with. We'd lose our resources anyway at the deck lounge and theatre, and we just keep moving. I think we do that. So first action we move. It's massive, so it doesn't move with us. We go up to four damage, and we take those two horror. I'll put one on Malison and one on me. And there are now no investigators at the same location, so it goes back to open water. We have two actions left, so we lose two resources when we enter the deck, lounge, and theatre. We'll pathfind to the dining room. Second action. Oh, no. <laughs> Free action. Second action, we'll move to the galley. And let's tap field work and try and grab the clue here. Four, five... Seven on three. Zero. Clue. The camera charges up. Move. Pathfind. Move. That's two actions we've done so far. Move. Pathfind. And third action will move to the engine room. It's four shroud and the clue. Enemy phase. We've put some distance between us and the order enforcers and the hand of the strangler. So their quickest route to us is one, two, three, four, five, or one, two, three, four, five. So they all hunt to the bridge. Upkeep. We're, what, one, two away from the lifeboat. We need to go into the cargo room. We draw unspeakable oath cowardice, and we go to two resources. Now that is the... Oh, that's campaign mode only. That's a mistake. Draw a new weakness. Psychosis. Okay. Wasn't expecting that. There we go. So that goes into our threat area. That might make things a bit worse. Good thing I had all my basic weaknesses to hand. That is us, I think. Yeah. So, ah, wait a second. We had swept away and we've moved into two exhausted locations. So the first one we moved into is test agility three. We were a five on three. That was the galley. And it is a nick. Tablet, minus three. If you succeed, either draw 
two cards or gain two resources. Well, we fail. We were on one resource. So the options are discard three resources or discard a non-story item asset you control. So we'll discard the three resources. We only have one to discard. And then moving into the engine room, we're also a five on three. Zero. Pass. Okay, good. Thought I'd misplayed. I think it's all right. Enemy phase we've done. We've done upkeep. We're now on one resource with Psychosis. We hit two Doom, which means the Dining Room exhausts and the Swept Away discards, and that's it. And our encounter card is Destroyer from the Depths. This is a three fight, two health, four evade enemy. Humanoid monster, deep one. When the investigate enemy phase begins, discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. Draw each copy of Taking on Water. Do we drop a clue to redraw this? It is pretty nasty to evade. Let's drop a clue with Malison and try and get something else. It's right of the deep. Place one doom on the nearest cultist enemy. Well, that's an order enforcer way up at the top. And then we don't take horror because we're not there. Does the Colossal Servant join us this turn? Minus two. It does. If we were to move away, we would take two damage, two horror, and a direct damage. Still think it's worth it. First action move which throws it back to open water. A damage and a horror kills Malison. We take a damage and a horror and another damage. It's pretty nasty. We're on six damage of seven. We'll pathfind into the lifeboat. It's four shroud and three clues. It's victory two as well. After it's revealed, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a deep one enemy is discarded. Spawn it here. Objective, if there are no ready enemies at this location and each investigator at this location, investigators may spend two clues as a group and we have one clue. Okay, discarding from the top for a deep one. Ocean's Moor, Seasickness, Wake Titan, five fight, five health, two evade. It's massive and a hunter. Forced, exhaust the location where Wake Titan spawns if able. Well, we can do that. And if it's defeated, ready its location if able. A colossal creature smashes through the bulkhead and bellows in bloodthirsty excitement. We won't trigger our investigatability when we enter here. So we did move, pathfind, we've got two actions left. We will trigger field work to try and evade. Seven on two. It is a Shawn, that's a minus four, that is a pass, it's evaded, and we have a single action left. Our intellect is four, five with the camera, six with the elder sign, and if I commit this, I've got a plan, I'm seven on four investigating here. Oh, it's a Shawn. A skull. That's a minus four. We fail. We don't get a clue. Think we're toast now. Let's see. Enemy phase. The two order enforcers and the hand of the strangler hunt up to the deck lounge and theatre. The wake titan readies and engages us. We draw a perception and go to two resources. We hit two doom because of that doom on the order enforcer. So we exhaust the passenger cabins. And our encounter card is swept away. That's fine. That's the one where if you move to exhausted locations, you have to test agility three. Okay, at the start of the investigation phase, the Colossal Servant, we need to test. Now, if the Colossal Servant doesn't come to us, we just need to evade the Wake Titan and grab a clue. 
If it does come to us, it's a four to evade, which is significantly harder. So we're going to hope for a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or auto fail. It's a nick, a tablet. It doesn't engage us. Okay, now we try and evade. We are a four, five on two evading this guy. I'll chuck in a field work, six on two. Minus four, evaded. I'll investigate. Eight on four with this perception committed. It is a Sean, a minus four. That is a pass. We get a clue. We get a card. It's a Malison. There's no ready enemies at the lifeboat. Each undefeated investigator here. We can spend our two clues. Resolution one. Yes! Oh, I thought I was done for. Oh, wow. Let's see what resolution one holds. You work the oars of the lifeboat furiously, pushing yourself beyond endurance in the vain hope that you might escape the clutches of the horrific creatures that have overtaken the constellation. Whether by fortune, providence, or some mysterious power, no foul monster finds its way aboard to end your flight, apart from the wake titan. The tablet in your possession glows with mysterious colours, reflecting the lights of the northern sky overhead. Astonishingly, you watch as the Deep Ones crawl back into the ocean as the constellation recedes behind you, the ritual seemingly aborted. A horn sounds ahead through the fog, breaking your reverie. Rescue has come. In your campaign log record that the ritual at sea was halted, the constellation was saved, and we earn victory X value of each card in the victory display. Well, I think it's zero. Oh no, the bridge, that's one. That's all I can see. One. Proceed to additional rewards, page 11. Add a plus one token to your campaign chaos bag for the remainder of the campaign. And if the constellation was saved, proceed to trust earned. When you make it back to the shore, you're greeted by an older gentleman with a familiar name. Legrasse, he says, offering his hand. You did well to save the ship. Since I've learned of the existence of such things, I've dedicated my retirement to trying to keep dangerous relics out of the hands of people like these cultists but they will go to seemingly any lengths to grasp at horrible power. I thought I could safely transport these relics in secret across the sea, but I was terribly wrong. Thank you for your help. I'll be in touch. Any one investigator may choose to add Inspector Legrasse to his or her deck. This card does not count towards deck size. Inspector Legrasse is a three-cost neutral asset, two intellect icons, a combat icon and a wild icon, Ally, retired, and detective traded. Two health and two sanity takes up the ally slot. You have one additional accessory and one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold relic assets. Nice. Reaction after a cultist enemy at your location is defeated. Exhaust Inspector Legrasse. Discover one clue at your location or gain two resources. Wow. That guy's pretty beefy. Two slots for three cost. And kind of economy slash clue discovery. It's pretty decent. The slot thing, normally you try and build a deck that's pretty lean so you don't have to worry about slots, but he could work really well in this Ursula deck instead of Malison. You know, then we'd have a triple relic slot and three hands, although we only use two hand things. So that's the end of Constellation on the Consternation. I hope you enjoyed this little mid-season break. I hope it's been okay to follow because I imagine lots of people won't have played this scenario. I hope I didn't go too quickly. Ursula does encourage speed. 
And I hope it's shown off what this scenario does. I really enjoyed playing it and exploring it. And one of the things that was coming up for me as I was playing was I'd really like to play this in three or four player and really not feel like I'm about to die at any given moment. So that would be nice. As ever, I'd love to know what you think about these episodes. If there's something missing or something more I could do, please let me know. You can reach me on Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. If you want to become a patron of this cast and support what I'm doing and what Peter's doing as well, we'd really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Massive shout out to Mythos Busters for this awesome scenario. There's so much detail in it. Looks like there's multiple paths through it, multiple wind conditions, loads to be doing to keep you occupied. It's a really cool event scenario and yeah, really impressive. Thank you for the copy. Really appreciate it. Can't believe I'm saying any of this. And yeah, Blood Feud's back on as soon as this little outro is over. Bye. Thank you.